0: The following contains plot spoilers, and the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. In a world where really sad things happen, uh, we normally review every superhero movie ever made. But today... um, we're going to spend some time talking about Stanley. This is totally super. Um, Clearly Arthur is not with us today. Um, I got a chance to talk to Arthur a little bit um, and uh, he has, uh, he has a lot that he's doing, but he is also kind of going through what we're all going through right now. Um, And so he and I talked and thought it would be a good idea for at least one of us uh, to go ahead and put the show up to talk about Stan. Um, So on behalf of Arthur, I'm here to, uh, I don't want to say eulogize because everyone else has eulogized uh, Stanley, but to let you know what he meant to me and to let you know uh, kind of who he was from the point of view of at least this kid who grew up in the eighties and is now a, an adult in the two thousands. Stanley first appeared on my radar uh, as the voice of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Now, That was my favorite cartoon. Before I was into comic books, before I knew what comic books were, before I even knew what the X-Men were, before I knew what any of that meant, Um, comic books, uh, or rather Spider-Man and his amazing friends, was just this cool show about Spider-Man. Everyone knew who that was, but now he had friends. He had Iceman and Firestar, and they mentioned something called the X-Men. And I didn't know what that was. I couldn't have told you what the X-Men was. But I would hear at the beginning of these shows, um, I'd hear Stan's voice going hey there, true believers, today we've got Spider-Man as he faces off against the... And he'd talk up what the the show was supposed to be about. That was my introduction to the voice of Stan Lee, being also at the same time the introduction to my concept of superheroes. Now, we're going to jump forward from there a few years. And to bring you to right around when I was the age of a fifth grader and... I had not yet defined myself as anything. I didn't know what I wanted. I was not a sports guy like the rest of my family um, on my dad's side. I was not um, super well read. I wasn't into rock music. Nothing that I liked was cool. Um, There was nothing about me. I was just this guy, this weird, annoying kid at school. And... I was living in a place in Annapolis, Maryland, that the people there were not that great. The kids there were pretty mean. I dealt with bullies just like anybody else. But one of the kids who was really hot and cold on me as a friendship, who sometimes was really cool and sometimes could be a little less than cool, um, introduced me to The Uncanny X-Men, issue 215. Brought me to a place, and I wish I could remember the name of the comic book store in Annapolis, that was run by this guy named Bump. And we would go into uh, the comic book store and I'd see all the things up on the wall and go, wow, And go, you should try this called The X-Men. So I would start reading The X-Men. And again, there was nothing about me. I was not a nerd in the way that I would say that I am now. I was nothing. I was just this annoying kid. Um, and what I found in The X-Men uh, was the story of misfits. Uh, they were a group of people who fought to save a world that, that hated and feared them. Now, certainly nobody feared me. I was a little annoying kid. And the only thing they were afraid of was me being super weird. Um, but I got into the idea that these were the heroes, the unsung heroes You had the Avengers and you had your Spider-Man and stuff, but you didn't know, like these guys were not respected. And that really hit a chord with me. And from that moment on i decided i was a comic book guy and i spent all of my money collecting comic books and i put comic book posters on my wall and i wore a comic book shirt from that point on i was x-men this x-men that and it was the first time in my life that i and i use this word when i did this video the other day i codified what it was that i was into which was something nerdy i was accepting this mantle of being a comic book nerd as being a part of me, as part of the identity that I put forward. Now that stayed with me and has stayed with me for my entire life up to, up into including this moment. Look, I'm wearing an Avengers shirt right now. Um, I have been the nerd guy. I was like, whenever there's a, a Star Trek thing, Star Wars thing, people post it up and, and send it to me. And of course, I have a Star Trek podcast. I have a superhero movie podcast. And I have you know, very nerdy movies. And I have a, a podcast movie about nerd stuff. It's all nerd stuff all the time. A song called We Are Nerds all the time. And where did this start? It started with me going, oh, these outcasts who are also heroes are something that I can say I love, that I like. And that was the beginning for me. Now, I was always a Star Wars fan. I'm not going to say I wasn't always a Star Wars fan. I was. And of course, I liked Star Trek and I knew it. But this was the first time that I was a t-shirt wearing poster putting up fan of a thing. And that is something that I owe to Stan when well, stanley created the x-men way back in the 60s this is back in this this is in the kennedy era that uh that the x-men are created right along with fantastic four daredevil the avengers the incredible hulk uh the revitalization of the previously existing captain america as he was brought into the avengers ant-man dr strange is going to come up a little bit a little bit later um I mean, you name it, in the midst of all this, uh, you have the creation of the X-Men. And what the X-Men was, was the idea that, and, and he said, look, he had run out of ideas for a little bit for origin stories, for how did these people get their powers? It got a little boring for him that they would go out and have to be bit by this thing or find this suit of whatever. And he said, what if they were just born with them? And what that turned into was this allegory for for racism and and. And things like that in the '60s, and it was an allegory that could be pushed forward all the way. You look at the X Men movies, and it's a, it's a, then an allegory for for coming out. Um, there are other places where it's it's an it's anti othering, and othering is something that I've talked about a lot. That uh, that people want to say, well, they're the other, they're the not you. So it's okay because their skin is different than mine, or their religion is different than mine, or their orientation is different than mine, or their political views are different than mine. And you go, they're less than me. And the X-Men as mutants were less than everybody. They were on the bottom rung. Humanity hated them. And That was a metaphor that continued that made the socially conscious superhero in a way that that had not really existed before. Now, it wasn't what he intended at first, um, but it got there very, very quickly. And for me, as I got older and the X-Men got cooler, I started to like them less. It's absolutely true that once Gambit and Bishop and Cable showed up. I was just about ready to jump ship. Um, but right in that sweet spot in the time that I was reading, the, I started reading in the mid-80s, but I like collected all the way back to the mid-70s, going all the way through kind of right around the early 90s. Um, the X-Men just had this heart and this pathos that I couldn't find reading any other superhero comic book. It just wasn't there. And it provided me a lot of comfort in a lot of not awesome times. And I think that was the brilliance of Stan Lee's creations. You see, at the time he was starting to create the Fantastic Four, there was not a family of superheroes. And yet he made these superheroes who were also this family. There was not a superhero who was also poor and trying to struggle to get by, whose superheroics distracted him from his potential as a non-superheroic individual, and that was Spider-Man. There wasn't a... You know, there, there wasn't a superhero who was Jacqueline Hyde who didn't want to have uh, the power that was thrust upon him but had to deal with it, and that was Hulk. Um, he created these flawed creations, these flawed people, these characters who weren't their heroic selves all the time, but rather were their alter egos even inside the mask they were their alter ego spider-man inside the mask was still peter parker thinking like peter parker worrying about peter parker's world and it was that that really was the brilliance of stan's characters stan's characters were people that kids could relate to not in a, not just and i know i don't i don't want to like crap all over um DC. There's an importance in Batman. There's an importance in Superman. There's an importance to the mythic heroes of our age. And I dare say that when it all is said and done, uh, Superman will still be mentioned in in 500 years probably, and maybe Spider-Man won't, except as an also-ran to Superman in the era of superheroes. But for now, in this day and age, I would say that Spider-Man is the more relevant character. Because those of us who, who decided to be nerds usually decided to be that because we couldn't grab on to other things. You know, I would have loved to be a sports guy. I would have adored the idea of being a sports guy. Um, but I just wasn't good enough at that to do that. Eventually in the arts, I, I found something. But, but before I had any of that, I had this other thing that gave me heroes to look up to that were larger than life. And for those heroes to deal with being unpopular, to having the girl not like them, to being hated by the world around them, by having a monster inside them, that is something that kids like me could really relate to Um, because it was us, right? I mean, it was a reflection of us. It was very easy to transpose what we were going through to what they were going through. I'm never going to be able to go, oh, I know what it's like to be Superman. Um, And I'm never going to go, oh, you know, Batman's so awesome. I'm never going to be as awesome as Batman. But darn it, I know what it's like to have the girl next door who doesn't want to pay attention to you. And I know what it's like to feel like you're overwhelmed by your classes. And I know what it's like to feel like you have a monster inside you that wants to get out. So... Stan granted that to us. Now, that's not all he granted. As time went on, um, as he oversaw Marvel, and even as he, step away, he stepped away from the day-to-day goings-on of Marvel, he continued to have things like Stan's soapbox, things that he put out, where there's a wonderful quote, and I don't have the ability to pull it up right now, but you should look at it, where he he writes this, this treatise about about racism and how racism is the real evil that you need to shine a light on. And essentially he says that. He says that that it's insane to decide, I don't like this one black man, so I'm going to hate all black people. And I don't like this one woman, so I'm going to hate all women. I don't like this one person of this, of this religion, so I'm going to hate all people of this religion. The idea that you're going to hate a group of people that you've never met is insane and he just puts it right out there and in a time when maybe you didn't put it out there as 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 definitively as that it was a risky thing for him to do a lot of the time um and he just put it out there as a as a message to his fans now was he a, a dude yeah he was a every accusation of anything could be thrown at him over the 95 years he was alive. He was not a perfect man. He did not do everything perfectly. And there are people in the wake of his passing who've wanted to latch on to that as a, as a message. Um, and I think that's not a fair message. And there, there are people who want to go, well, he didn't create all those things that he created. Other writers created, other people did the work and he just oversaw it. You know, I don't know how much of that is true. Maybe some, maybe none. Um, and that's not, for me to say I wasn't there. There are two camps as far as those are concerned. Um, but I know that he wanted these stories to be out there in the world and these particular details were important to him. And as the as the face of Marvel, he was in my ears from Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends all the way through Avengers Infinity War. And that's the other thing I want to talk about is I had to say to my son, I just to say, hey, Stan Lee died. And he goes, oh, that guy from the Marvel movies, is he still going to be in the Marvel movies? And it occurred to me that even my youngest is able to see when Stan Lee shows up and go, hey, that's him, that's Stan, that's Stan. And that choice to do the cameos, I'm sure, I mean, he loved attention. Of course he did. Who doesn't? Um, but what he really did is he he gave this little flash of joy Every time he showed up to the people who were looking, it was the, where's Where's Waldo of the most successful group of movies to ever come out in the history of movies, um, being the Stan Lee related creations that he just shows up in. And I remember I saw he did a really bizarre cameo in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. It was really strange and it was really great. Um, and yes, that's a DC property spoiler alert. It's totally worth seeing. You should see it. Um, in fact, we'll probably cover it on the podcast at some point. That was just this little burst, sometimes in very heavy moments, of, of this is great. I'm in the club. I know who this is. It just gave you this little smile. It was a, the, the little nonpareil of emotional joy that you get to, to to experience when you're watching the films. And so to my kid, Stanley is the cameo guy. And that's perfectly fine. Um, he's going to be remembered by generations of people uh, as that and by people who get more into it as the guy who created all those things. And that, of course, makes the conversation happen about, about that he created it. So what makes it hit so hard for me is that Stan was the first voice and the last voice that I heard as my entryway into this world that i still today make a podcast about you know hey spider friends and you just get to go into into a world where your problems are as real as they were before but to these people and also your dreams of heroism can come to fruition and it doesn't matter that you can't throw a ball that well it doesn't matter that you can't stand up to the bully, and it doesn't matter that you're not the best-looking guy in the class. Um, and Stan was our way in. So when I heard that he died, and the reason that it affected me so much more than a lot of the other celebrity deaths that I heard about, and all the you know the horrors of the world and the you know much more quote-unquote important things happening, um, was because he. How do I put this? Over the course of my life, um, I will. I have experienced terrible things um, from personal tragedies through things like 9-11. Um, I will experience many more because that's part of life. I will experience many joys. All of those things carry more weight and more validity probably than than the passing of Stanley um, and the enjoyment of his creations. But he gives me the, the space um, from the age of seven to escape from those things to have a moment where the good guys struggle and sometimes sacrifice but where they win um, and where they are still flawed and as that he was the Obi-Wan Kenobi right he was the guy holding your hand into it and hearing that he's gone affected me because that voice is no longer around I it's hard to to really explain that, I felt like I had lost a friend, like like a like a great uncle or something who who slapped his hand on my back and said, "Hey there, spider friend. Let's let's go leave the difficulties that you're going through as a kid or as a young adult or as a you know 42 year old man, and let's just have some some unadulterated you know fun. And that's what Stan gave to me and meant to me. Um I've had a lot of people commenting here that uh that he made the comment and I don't have the meme right in front of me but he uh he said that he used to be embarrassed that all he did was create the, the create the funny books and I'm paraphrasing here that he didn't you know he wasn't a doctor he didn't go build bridges but that eventually he realized that entertainment is is important and it creates sort of the spice for people and helps them get through their day. And that it took him years to realize that that was important too. Now I commented in uh, in the Trekoff movie that that is part of what makes me want to keep podcasting is the idea that someone's having their day improved, or someone's passing the time. Someone right now, I guarantee, someone right now listening to this podcast is stuck in traffic, or they're you know they're clean of the dishes or they're just you know having a rough day and this is just their little escape and I have to of course bum you out with talk about Stan um, and I appreciate you sticking with me for it um if that's the case let me know let me know that you got to this show and that you were like hey this you know helped me deal with, with Stan being on or I lost my grandpa and this helped me deal with it or hey it was just traffic sucked this morning and I and I'm glad I had you to listen to because I think that that gave a lot of joy to Stan uh, even when people were you know, at the end, and, and we don't know what the whole story is at the end of his life, but there are questions as to whether or not there was some darkness there. Um, there's a real joy that he had interacting with fans um, where he was able to see the faces of those uh, who he brought joy to. And he knew the impact that he made on people's lives. Um, so, Hey, if this show ever does that for you, let us know because that, uh, that's why we do it. Um, and that's, I guess the best lesson that one can get from Stan is that if you have the opportunity to elevate someone else, uh, without tearing them down to elevate yourself through the art of elevating other people without tearing other people down by making people, uh, feel accepted, uh, and by giving people something to dream about. Um, if you can do that, then that is time well spent and that is honorable. And uh, Stan, for all of that you gave us, uh, I want to thank you. Um, and uh, hey, true believers, stay super. Now that you've finished the show, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of the Totally Super Podcast. Also, if you like this, you should head over to GeeksRadio.com or search Geeks Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. There you can find Trek Off, the not safe for work Star Trek podcast with Justin and Alexia. So search for Trek Off, search for Pop Off, search for Geeks Radio, and just thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Endlight Entertainment.